Taiwan has inaugurated a new agency responsible for mobilizing reserves for war and disaster relief. The agency, called the All-Out Defense Mobilization Agency, will start operations on New Year's Day. At the unveiling ceremony, President Tsai Ing-wen said the agency was testament to Taiwan's determination to defend its security. The All-Out Defense Mobilization Agency was inaugurated on Thursday. President Tsai Ing-wen underscored her commitment to mobilizing all citizens for national defense. To implement all-out defense mobilization mechanisms effectively, I ordered the Ministry of National Defense to establish this all-out defense mobilization agency. Its most important goal is not just to promote reforms to our reserve forces, but also to show our countrymen our resolve to promote all-out defense mobilization. As technology progresses, we are facing a changing warfare landscape and non-traditional threats. Protecting our country is no longer just the responsibility of the armed forces, but a responsibility that every single person must shoulder. To improve combat readiness, the Defense Ministry has combined its All-Out Defense Mobilization Office and Reserve Command, creating the All-Out Defense Mobilization Agency. This agency will work across ministries to integrate Taiwan's human and material resources for war. The agency is slated to launch operations on January 1st, and its first head will be Bai Jielong, who currently leads the MND's Department of Resource Planning. When a war occurs, there are air raids, evacuations, water and power outages, first aid and rescue, manpower mobilization, and so on. We will cover these issues in a handbook that is simple, easy to understand, and easy to implement. As the first head of the agency, Bai gave an update on reforms now underway in reservist training. The first wave of trials will be next March. The new system will be tested on one troop each in north, central and southern Taiwan. We'll use that experience from the first wave to expand the program to every combat zone in the second wave. This will involve at least two bases in north, central and southern Taiwan. We'll expand the program gradually in this way. Bai emphasized that reservist reforms will be gradual. Step by step, he said, reservists will be made combat ready toward the goal of bolstering Taiwan's national defense. Activists gathered outside the Bank of China headquarters in Taipei on Thursday to protest the arrest of six pro-democracy figures in Hong Kong. Among those arrested were Hong Kong pop star and activist Denise Ho, as well as executives of pro-democracy media outlet Stan News. The international community has condemned the arrests, and in a statement, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken stressed that journalism is not sedition and called on Beijing and Hong Kong authorities to release those detained. He said that a confident government that is unafraid of the truth embraces a free press. Let's hear from some of the protesters in Taipei. The Hong Kong government's raid and arrests at Stan News, as well as the monitoring of Apple Daily, shows that the scope of the Hong Kong government's media crackdown has gone beyond what the world imagined. Controlling the media is very scary, even more so than killing people. All the people of Tibet and Hong Kong stand together. The people of Hong Kong must not give up. Stan News has since ceased operations and it's laid off all its employees and shut down its social media networks. Its official webpage now displays an announcement of its closure. 
Former editors Chung Pui Quinn and Patrick Lam have already been charged with conspiring to publish seditious material. Amid concerns over press freedom, another media outlet in the city, Hong Kong Media in Media, has announced it will seize operations on January 1st. Well, Taiwan reported 24 imported COVID cases on Thursday, a record high in recent weeks. The CCC says the daily case count may rise beyond 50 in the future as Omicron continues its spread across the globe. Among the 24 cases reported Thursday, two were guests at a Taipei quarantine hotel. An investigation is underway to determine whether they were infected by the same strain. It's a quiet day at this quarantine hotel in Taipei's Zhongzhen district. All guests have been relocated to quarantine facilities after three cases of COVID were detected in the building. Of course, we will have to carry out genetic sequencing for these three cases to check whether it's a cluster infection. Once the results are out, if they have the same sequence, that could mean that it was a cluster infection at the quarantine hotel. The hotel was vacated on Wednesday. According to the CECC, the three COVID patients had all stayed at the hotel between December 22nd and 25th. Genetic sequencing will be used to determine whether the three cases are connected. We are still investigating how they became infected. We're looking at their movements in the hotel, as well as the meal deliveries and the garbage collection. That's what we've been doing today, one by one. Tomorrow, we will also start collecting samples from the hotel environment. Quarantine hotel workers that have not received two doses of a COVID vaccine will be fine if they go into work. We will also reevaluate employee training. For example, employees are not to touch door handles. Taipei is taking no chances. Test results have already come back negative for all hotel employees, as well as 67 current and former guests. In recent weeks, Taiwan has seen high numbers of imported cases, although the U.S. CDC orders only five days of isolation for asymptomatic patients. The CECC says it has no plans to change its rules for release. We've analyzed data from 17 Omicron patients in Taiwan to see how many days it took for the CT value to surpass 30. From the day they developed symptoms or tested positive, it's taking them between 8 and 12 days to meet the threshold for release. In reality, if we reduce isolation to 5 days, many cases would still be contagious after 5 days, according to our standards. Taiwan reported 24 imported COVID cases on Thursday, the highest number reported in a single day in recent weeks. The CECC says that the peak of the next global COVID wave is yet to come. In the future, it says, Taiwan may see days with more than 50 imported cases. Officials urge the public to get vaccinated to get protection against the disease. Well, Taiwan's power and energy engineering sector faces a pressing talent shortage. To attract and retain professionals for the field, Industrial Technology Research Institute honors rising stars each year with scholarships. ETRI held its latest scholarship award ceremony on Wednesday. Seen from above, this microgrid at Liujia looks like a small settlement. This is an important driver of Taiwan's energy transition. To draw more talent to power engineering and to motivate rising stars, Etri awarded scholarships to the next generation of talent in the field at a ceremony on Wednesday. Because my background is in energy storage projects, every case I handle provides a bit of affirmation. Of course, in the future, I will continue to make more contributions to the field of power. 
power engineering. Talent cultivation is the foundation of everything, but basic power infrastructure is what sustains this island that carries our many sacred mountains. You have to be able to work across disciplines, but you also need sufficient depth in one field. In the future, people working in our electric power systems will absolutely need to be interdisciplinary T-shaped talent. E-Tree President Liu Wenxiong said that Taiwan's energy transition will have to start at the grassroots. It will have to be a grassroots movement, with interdisciplinary talent driving the momentum. Liu also emphasized that with the world moving toward net zero, a consensus must be reached on which is the greater priority, ensuring sufficient energy to meet demand or environmental sustainability. We must achieve a consensus. That is, we have to establish a loading order. When it comes to balancing power supply and demand and environmental sustainability, we need to weigh the two and establish a priority. With climate change looming large, it is imperative that Taiwan achieve its energy transition. Itri has joined hands with industry, government and academia to nurture interdisciplinary talent to ensure a steady supply of quality power engineering staff. Itri aims to support new generations of the workforce as they help Taiwan move toward a sustainable net zero future. Let's turn to now to two people who are facing adversity with courage and serving as inspiration to others. Tu Yutun is a young boy with a mitochondrial disease and he won this year's Presidential Education Award for his hours of devoted service to others. And then there's Chen Qingqi, a woman diagnosed with polio when she was only a year old. She's overcome countless hardships in her life and now travels across Taiwan to bring a message of hope to students. New Taipei City Mayor Hou Youyi gave awards to 32 people in December to recognize people with disabilities and people who have made outstanding contributions to social welfare. One award recipient was Chen Qingqi. She was diagnosed with polio when she was only a year old. Today, she makes her way across the country as an inspirational speaker. She's addressed audiences at hundreds of schools. I share my life experiences. I share at junior high schools, elementary schools and universities. I speak about different topics at different schools. To elementary school students, I mostly share lessons about gratitude. After hearing my speeches, many children thank their parents for giving them a healthy body. At junior high schools, my hope is that the kids will use their strength to help others. They're growing up, and they're able to be a benefactor to others. Chen wants to share her life experiences to inspire students to find their own strengths and fulfill their dreams. I think the concept of equality is important. I think that what people with disabilities actually need is to be given a chance. If there are opportunities for them, many people with disabilities would have the ability to seize them. I hope that more people can come to see that we may just be a little slower, but we can do a lot of things on our own. And this is elementary school student Tu Yujun. He's a winner of this year's Presidential Education Award. Due to a mitochondrial disease, Tu's physical movements are slower than most people's. But that hasn't stopped him from volunteering at a library and participating in social welfare activities. 
His dream is to become an MRT operations center staff. When he won the 2021 Presidential Education Award, he was very happy. He's worked very hard throughout this whole process. His friends helped a lot, and the school also provided a lot of assistance. He has an optimistic heart that's eager to learn, and he is not lazy just because of his own flaws. He won this award because of his own hard work. The 2021 Presidential Education Award was announced this May. This year, it recognized 56 students who overcame difficult circumstances to excel academically. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhen in Taipei. The Taiex has ended up ended the year on a flat note. On the final trading day of 2021, shares came out strong at the opening bell, with TSMC, Largan, and MediaTek leading the charge. The index hit an intraday high of 18,291 points, marking its record for the year. But as selling pressure picked up、um, an hour into trading, electronics and shipping stocks crumbled. The Taiex finished slightly lower by 0.16 percent to close at 18,218 points on turnover of 263.1 billion NT dollars. 有一些股票在轮动的过程里面稍微有一点点所谓的盘整啊，或者说这种盘跌的情况。We did see some stocks enter consolidation mode during sector rotation, or we saw them decline. But on the whole, traders were still enthusiastic. So I think between now and the Lunar New Year, this group of stocks is one to watch. Looking back, it's been a good year for the Taiex. The global chip shortage, rise of 5G, and soaring demand for shipping have lifted the market to repeated records. In 2021, the Taiex returned around 24 percent year over year, gaining more than 11 trillion NT dollars in value. That's equivalent to 1.34 million NT dollars per active trader. The public is being asked to give blood as Taiwan faces a shortage this winter. Blood stocks have dropped to half the standard supply nationwide. The shortage is worse in Taipei, which currently has only 3.3 days worth of Taipei blood. Twelve donation trucks are set up now next to Taipei metro stations to give、uh, to make giving blood as hassle-free as possible. 哦、Slee rolled up. She holds out her arm to give blood. Countless people have done it before. A man surnamed Du has received this gift of life every two weeks since the age of three. Over the past 30 years, I have received about 600,000 cubic centimeters of blood. That's donations from about 2,400 people. Du thanked the 2,400 donors who have helped him live to this day. But blood supplies are now running low as the pandemic alert and recent cold weather take a toll on the willingness to donate. According to the latest data, Taiwan has just 4.8 days supply of blood type A, 7.3 days of type B, 5.2 days of type O, and 5.8 days of type AB. Ideally, we should have at least seven days of supply. Northern Taiwan is experiencing the worst shortage with just 3.6 days at hand. It's especially severe for Type A. Liu Junyao, a military instructor at a high school, has given blood since he was 17. He's donated at least 400 bags of blood over the past 28 years. He urged more people to roll up their sleeves. If you're able to donate, that's something that you can do to protect the people. There are actually many service members like myself who give blood. When I was 17, I really look forward to helping out in this way. 
In Taipei, 12 blood donation buses have set up shop along the city's MRT network to make donating blood hassle-free. The Taiwan Blood Services Foundation says it hopes to reach an average of 10 days' supply across Taiwan to avert shortages over the upcoming long weekend. Well, with two days left in 2021, the presidential office held a rehearsal of its New Year's Day flag-raising ceremony on, on Thursday. This year, the event will highlight the fighting spirit Taiwan showed during the pandemic. The national anthem will be led by frontline medical workers who were integral to Taiwan's COVID success. The flag-raising ceremony will feature performances by the National Honor Guard, as well as marching bands from Taipei First Girls High School and Jianguo High School. The European Economic and Trade Office has released its second episode of Taste of Europe. The series shows European representatives in Taiwan demonstrating how to make dishes from their home countries in the most authentic way. In the latest episode, Belgium's representative and his wife taught the audience how to cook beef stew with Belgian Trappist beer. Let's take a look. I am Frédéric Verheiden. I am Mukda Meru. And we are presenting to you Beef, beef stew with, with Belgian, Belgian beer. beer. Belgium's representative to Taiwan, Frederick Verheyden, is with his wife, Mutka Verheyden, who introduces the ingredients needed to make a traditional Belgian beef stew. There's beef, onions, olive, parsley, thyme, brown sugar, and homemade beef stock. Here we have uh, this meat, yeah. the beef. The beef. Which it's I already soaked cut in, and yes. soaked in beer. In beer. This beer. Oh, oh. Right, I put uh, garlic. Yes. Garlic, yes. And also okay. and some salt. Some salt. Yes. Okay. And I soak it overnight. We have a spice bread. Okay. If, if we don't have spice bread, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. can use brown bread. Mm -hmm. It's fine too. Okay. We will put the just once ingredients are prepped, it's on to the stove. Add the beef into a pan and fry it until golden brown. Once it's browned, fry the onion and garlic, and then add some pepper, salt, thyme, homemade beef stock, and beer. Let it shimmer for 90 minutes. Smurfs are one typical example of the tradition we have in Belgium yes. of creating comic strips. While the stew was cooking, the Belgium representative to Taiwan talked about one of Belgium's best-known cultural exports, Smurfs. It started as a small strip in the newspaper mm -hmm. with a very short story, mm -hmm. and it gradually evolved into a finished product of its own, yeah. sold in and it's hardcover in albums. Yes, yes. yes. And some of them have become internationally famous. Next step, I will yes. add uh, parsley. Could you okay. help me chop it, please? Last but not least, the stew is topped with parsley, brown sugar, and a slice of spiced bread. 30 minutes later, the delicious dish is ready to be served. A new episode of Taste of Europe will be released every Friday. In each episode, representatives from 15 EU member states will teach viewers how to make authentic European dishes, as well as introduce the different customs of their home countries. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei. A rescued chicken is paying it forward at a Banqiao animal shelter. After being rescued off the street, this small hen has been laying eggs like clockwork, creating a delicious supplement to their dry meals of other shelter denizens. Animal care workers say the eggs give dogs and cats a glo glossy coat, improving their chances of adoption. A family of six chickens forages for food as pigeons and sparrows nearby share in the bounty. 
This is a public animal shelter in New Taipei's Banqiao District. It primarily accommodates cats and dogs, but these days the clucking of chickens can be heard on the grounds. In January of this year, the local animal protection office was notified of a pet chicken wandering alone on the streets. The bird was brought to the shelter, where it mated with a rooster of its own accord. Half a year later, shelter workers found a chicken nest in the ceiling above a shrine. It jumped up there to take a breather. There happens to be a shrine here, a shrine to the Bodhisattva Sittigarbha. It seemed a little disrespectful to have the chicken there, so we consulted the heavens using divination blocks. All three times the blocks produce an answer of affirmation. After the hen laid its eggs above the head of a god, shelter workers asked the heavens for guidance. They threw one flat block and one round block three times, signaling the god's consent. After that, the hen lived up above in peace. The bird is of a small stature, and shelter workers think it's a Japanese bantam. It's produced four chicks, three female and one male. Mom, dad and chicks all together make a family of six that settle down happily at the shelter. Since laying her first brood, the hen has laid numerous unfertilized eggs. Workers use them as extra protein for the other shelter inhabitants who enjoy them with gusto. Besides sheltering cats and dogs, the new Taipei Animal Protection Department has also been known to take in creatures like goats, gem-faced civets and raccoons. We've rescued wild animals before, like ducks and chickens, goats and some rabbit. Last year, we had about 7,000 rescue cases. Before the chickens came to roost, the animal shelter had cared for an Indian peafowl. A school had wanted to adopt it, but dropped the bid after an environmental assessment. The Animal Protection Office is urging more people to adopt, don't shop, to help give every stray a happy ending.